Welcome to NFT Heat. We're bringing the top NFT thought leaders straight to you. If there's something you enjoyed on this episode, and we really hope you did, please take a screenshot of the episode and make sure to tag us on Twitter at NFT Heat. We really appreciate your support and you are the only reason we're growing. So to help us, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll then give your review a shout out on a future episode. Welcome to NFT Heat. Whether you're inside the industry or new to the NFT space or an NFT OG, we're going to provide you with necessary NFT alpha to crush. We'll bring in the top guests and deep dive into how NFTs will transform the metaverse DeFi, and social tokens. I'm Justin Shankerot, the king of alpha. I like to call myself the king, but probably the prince. <laughs> From child actor to adult actor to Stanford to NFT entrepreneur, that's me. And this is my co-host, John Kraske. From an executive in the design space to running an NFT company, he's in the trenches every day, learning, growing, and seeking alpha. He's definitely the NFT machine. John, how is the day going so far? I'm exhausted, Justin. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> Literally, I'm it's exhausted. Just, it's just it, another day in the NFT trenches, right? It's it's mind-boggling. It's just it's nonstop. You just get throttled every day. There's literally, I don't even have time to do anything other than NFTs. I literally, I'm trying to figure that out, but it's really not possible. It's such an amazing opportunity for anybody that's in the space. So you should take advantage of it because it's not going to present itself again, probably in most of our lifetime. So I totally agree. And you know what? We're two NFT insiders that are going to bring you the top NFT thought leaders in the space to help you learn the emerging trends and opportunities each and every week in 30 minutes or less. So let's get into it. Today's guest is Brianna Fay, the design lead at Meta Architects, which is an experiential design collective. They have launched a project featuring spatially computed buildings designed specifically for metaverse utility and real interaction. Their team developed a generative architecture algorithm that stoastically evolves unique architectural forms given an input vector of habitability requirements. The algorithm created buildings without the aid of architects to design them and is launching an NFT collection of its Genesis collection entitled The Metamerican Dream. Welcome to NFT Heat, Brianna. Thanks, John. Really appreciate it. Uh, you know, Brianna, we would typically go into a five-question lightning round, but I had no idea what John just said about you and your company. So can you just give us a little bit of like a breakdown of it so we can understand what you do and what your company does? Yeah, sure. I'll give you the very 101 version. So we're, we you. talk a lot about generative art right now. You know, the generative art is basically people are drawing, you know, eyes, a face, skin color, and then they're kind of sandwiching all of those traits together. And the assembling is done via this generative art. So that's where the computing comes in. So we're doing something similar, but it's a lot more technically complex. Basically, we're drawing buildings, but they get extruded into three-dimensional inhabitable spaces. But we're doing that computationally. So in the same way, generative art is you know, using computation to actually create the art. We're using computation to create three-dimensional spaces. So we start with the floor plans and extrude everything three-dimensionally. It's a lot more technically complex. You need to know certain tools in order to do generative spatial design more so than 2D. But if you can understand generative art a little bit, you can definitely understand this. It's, you know, it's art you can move through. Amazing. 
John, will you give Brianna the first question? Brianna, what is your favorite Discord? I love the Pixel Vault DAO, which I'm a member of and, and super proud to be a part of. Woohoo! Did you see today? Finally, we started the floor price, started going up again in the right direction. Seeing some action. I love it. Very cool. All right. I'm a fan too. Who should we follow on Twitter? Obviously, in addition to you and throw out your social, please. Sure. I'm going to list two. The NFT attorney right now, Jacob, is awesome. He's throwing an amazing NFT collection down around legal advice, which I know we all need. Shout out Uh, to Jacob. He was on our podcast. We're big fans. Amazing. Ken Bozak's always been a favorite of mine. I followed him way before both of us were into NFTs at all. And everyone should know his Twitter handle. And then my Twitter handle is Brianna Fay. Cool. Awesome. Wow. I love it. So Brianna, why should people care about NFTs? Well, I like to say it's really not about JPEGs. We get the right click save joke a lot. It's really not even about art. I come from the technology space. So for me, it really is about the tech and the tech of smart contracts is going to fundamentally disrupt and plug into every industry from media, entertainment, retail, literature, and more. So, I mean, it's going to fundamentally change you know, the way every industry operates in the same way that email did to, you know, traditional mail. Wow. Amazing stuff coming down the pike. Very cool. And to kind of go along with that, who are some of your favorite NFT thought leaders? I love to follow Zeneca, Zeneca underscore 33. And that's with a Z, not an S. He's one of my favorites right now. He breaks down projects into super understandable alpha, you know, not just talking about hype. He really breaks down charts. He breaks down, you know, what goes up and what goes down and tries to, you know, help you understand if anyone's followed the pixel vault project, he created like the only, you know, intelligible article about, you know, how to understand their tokenomics. So I really appreciate what he does. It And it's the true definition of alpha. Love it. So you talked a little bit about some of your favorite follows on Twitter, but besides that, what are some of your favorite sources of NFT alpha podcasts, website, Substack? I mean, I do I do mostly everything on crypto Twitter. So I think the folks I mentioned are following. There's also you know a huge amount of other accounts I could drop from Digital Art Chick to Beanie to a few punks members, artists for sure. Don't forget the one of one art, but really crypto Twitter is my source. Although, you know, I don't think it's going to be like that forever. So we'll see what's to come. Yeah. Wow. Super cool. First off, I like the fact that we follow a lot of the same people. Shout out also to Pixel Vault. We had Preston Johnson on, who's the co-creator of Punk's Comic and Jacob Martin, the NFT attorney. Awesome. You know what? That's a perfect five out of five score. Lightning round, Brianna. You rock. There was some serious heat there. Woohoo! That was smoking. Thank you for that. All right, let's go a little bit deeper with some of these questions. First off, how did you get involved in the NFT space? So I started in the NFT space really this year, at the beginning of the year, but I've been publishing art uh, art and poetry on the blockchain since 2017. A lot of you might be familiar with Steemit, DTube, those sort of like early, early days of publishing things on chain. So I actually use that as a mechanism because I do a lot of crypto and blockchain art as well. And yeah, I've been publishing on chain poetry since 2017 when you get pennies for it. 
when it definitely was not about the money at all. So that's how I actually, you know, when I heard about NFTs, I was like, why have I been wasting so many years on steam it? (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. So Brianna, what is your advice to someone new to the NFT space? Say you were sitting down with someone's grandma. How would you break down NFTs for granny? NFTs are really just about record keeping. So it's assets, but they're not physical, they're digital. And it's backed by, you know, very rigorous record keeping. And you go to one place to do everything. So instead of having to get in your car and buy a stamp and mail a letter to a bank, which involves dozens of centralized companies and organizations that, you know, are worth millions and billions of dollars, all of that happens within one sort of ecosystem based on code, trustless code, which means you don't need to trust this outside institution. Also, the fact that money is baked into it, you don't need an outsource, you know, outside entity such as money to then buy the stamp to transact. It all is done sort of in the same ecosystem. So it's really just you're buying and selling and trading things in the same way that you do in the real world. And there's a record of everything. I got it. That makes total sense to me. I think Granny got it too. Very, very good (laughs) breakdown. Can you tell us about Metaversal Design? That's your company. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So it starts with the metaverse and really understanding the metaverse. So if we're assuming everyone understands the metaverse, which I'll give the blanket statement, uh, most people are defining the metaverse as one of two things, which is one, kind of the whole online world, or two, a sort of hyper-futuristic virtual reality dystopian environment. I think the metaverse really can be both. So it depends on how you define it. But so designing for the metaverse is just that. It's designing for this online virtual world, especially when we kind of imagine that dystopian futuristic view of it. It involves a lot of augmented reality, virtual reality, new types of ways that users interact with these experiences, spaces, designs, right? A lot of our time is spent, you know, in front of a laptop screen and a mobile device screen and the metaverse in the future, you know, we might have more projection mapping uh, technology, holographic technology, you know, wearables that really kind of push the level of, you know, boring screen design that we're used to. Hopefully we get beyond this flat, you know, Zoom environment and we start really getting exciting, you know, three-dimensional spaces. So metaversal design is really like, that's the design of these elements. It could be the actual screen interaction. It could be the voice interaction. It could be designing these 3D buildings or spaces or tools, but basically it kind of encompasses all of that. Yeah. Awesome. So can you talk a little bit more about the importance of bridging the the digital and physical environments, you know, AR, VR, metaverse, et cetera? Yeah. So this is where we're currently at. Again, we're sort of in this like baby steps, training wheels of what the metaverse will be in the future. And a lot of these are siloed. So even in our own small NFT world, which right, we're a couple hundred thousand people in the world that are into NFTs, there's, you know, half a dozen, a dozen metaverse worlds that all operate independently, have their own sort of mechanisms. And as much as we love decentralization, they're centralized, you know, environments. They're, you know, maybe operating under decentralized currencies, but they're, they're centralized environments that don't speak to each other. So the importance of one, bridging these 
digital spaces and breaking these silos is super important. And then using technologies such as augmented reality, um, experiential design, NFTs, which can give you utility both in the physical world and the digital world is super important so that we can really fundamentally break up these silos that as humans, we tend to traditionally create. Cool. And so, I mean, can you talk a little bit about further the design process for the metaverse? So for example, does a collector come to you or a brand come to you and say, hey, we want to build a new building in Decentraland or CryptoVoxels or Wild World or Sandbox. And can you help put that whole design process together? Is that what happens traditionally? And can you talk us a little bit through that? Yeah, sure. So that's what we started noticing. So we started Met Architects about four months ago. And one, I was looking at all these NFT projects pour in where it was just sort of like, we like to say copy pasta, right? It was like, this code was copy pasted. It was, wasn't disruptive a lot. You know, it's sort of like the 10K model on repeat. We're seeing a ton of avatars. So, and then at the same time, I was, you know, looking at these metaverse worlds being built and I was hearing people talk on Twitter about how they're like, oh, I bought land and I didn't realize I needed to hire someone to build it because I don't know how to build, you know, three-dimensional models. And most people don't, you know, apart from maybe playing Sims 20 years ago. So I took these two things and I was like, well, you know, kind of tired of looking at avatars and I can build three-dimensional spaces. So originally it was sort of like, well, maybe we'll bring a collective of architects and just you know, uh, push out designs. But I was like, why don't we do something interesting and actually do generative design? Obviously, it's much more complex. So to answer your question specifically, we can do sort of like a per order. Like, so say you have land in Decentraland and you're like, hey, I want to put a cool building there. It needs to be 10,000 square foot. It can be this tall. You can give us those parameters. We can literally instantly spit out a thousand different variations for you to look at, which is one, the cool thing. But the other thing is, we could actually in the future, which we are looking forward to down the line, we could build a metaverse world, which organically grows as users need more supply. So right now we sort of have these, you know, fixed supply metaverse worlds, right? It's like there are 200 plots. Once those plots sell out, you know, it's it's very finite supply and something that we have, you know, thought critically about, which we don't know if we're actually going to run with is, well, do metaverses really need to be designed around a fixed supply? I mean, the real world has, oh, not infinite, but a huge amount of supply, right? To where like for generations, we won't run out of land. So we've been thinking a lot about that. And our models basically are designed so that we could almost build infinite, you know, unique computationally derived buildings. Wow, that's awesome. This is some fantastic stuff. This is some next level. I, I don't think anybody yeah. that's been on the show, you're taking it, you really are taking this to the next level, which is amazing. So Brianna, what are some mistakes you see being made in space right now? Well, I think the lack of really challenging the model and whatever the model is, I think is being, you know, the biggest hurdle that I see is because it prevents, you know, innovation. Small changes are okay. So you know, if you suddenly tweak something and then, you know, just change something else, put a wrench on something else, that's okay. But the real people that are going to like transcend in the space are the people that are, you know, tweaking and twerking the wrench and disrupting things. So I think that the biggest mistake is the people that are just, you see all the copy paste projects happening and 
you know, hopefully they deliver on the things that they're wanting to deliver on. But that's where a lot of times you see, you know, not a lot of thought went into actually designing something they feel super passionate about. And then you see people picking up the money and running and uh, that's just a recipe for disaster. And we've been seeing that more and more, unfortunately. Yeah, I've seen it too. And I've gotten rugged a few times myself. <laughs> it's just not never fun. Challenges, like what do you see in terms of challenges going forward? I mean, you loosely touched on it in terms of the metaverse, maybe with the kind of finite supply, but what else do you see as, as the challenges in the NFT space currently and maybe over the next several years? User adoption is definitely one, although it's not that's not the thing that is necessarily like the thing that's preventing the challenge. But you know, we're we're in this hype cycle right now. And for any of us that have been in crypto a minute, we all know that eventually the hype cycle ends. And so NFTs are super unique. I think we I don't think we've ever seen this type of mass adoption of a crypto sector this fast. So I think the challenge is, you know, building enough real utility, real value, real connection, brilliant user experience, you know, hopefully this Coinbase announcement will help with that and getting people into the space where it's not going to be forgotten whenever this hype cycle does end. Yeah. Yeah. Brianna, this is something that's very important to not only myself, but Justin and NFT Heat, but what can and should be done to bring more female thought leaders into the NFT space? That's a great question. And I really appreciate you guys even asking it because it requires like such an attention to the issue, right? And stepping out of your own box. And for us too, right? Like there's more diversity outside of each of our own boxes. So one is just, you know, listening, lifting up others, asking those types of questions and, and actually like really listening. And, you know, it's so important to one make an effort yourself, but to really stand up in moments of when you see other people saying stuff, that's just not cool, you know, stand up to it and just say, Hey, that's not cool. Or like, Hey, let's loop in so-and-so Nick Timmons is a great hero. He's a punk. And he was like definitely helpful in, you know, orienting me to the NFT space earlier this year, but he's also such a stand-up guy in terms of just always being vocal and challenging things if he sees stuff that's just not cool. I think it was Zeneca that posted a a Twitter, I'm not sure if it was him, but someone posted a Twitter not too long ago about, you know, how do you identify? And it was 90% male. So I think it was like between 10%, it was like some percent other and then some percent women, but 90%, you know, identified as male. And whether or not that's like an accurate representation, there were quite enough people, you know, voting. And so that's when we really need to realize like, okay, we need to lift up voices. We need to bring more people on and not make others, you know, in this minority feel ostracized at all. So, you know, I think what you guys are doing is important. You know, giving invitations out is one form of taking a stand. We're all, you know, different people. We all have our unique qualities. So we need to celebrate the diversity in this space especially when it comes to like anon or not, right? There's so many anons in this space. So you Mm -hmm. don't need to, you know, check every box, but just make sure, you know, you look around and say, Hey, 10 dudes in a room. What happened here? Yeah. Wow. That was very, very cool. Thank you very much for that. As well as everything you dropped today. Like my mind is blown. This has been an incredible episode. I'm really excited for you and your company because I think that it's, 
a massive opportunity. And I have not heard anybody doing what you're discussing in terms of, you know, a generative form of building for the metaverse. And it's disruptive, it's unique, and it's super freaking cool. So I hope it moons and I'm sure it's going to with you in charge. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You brought some serious heat. That was a ton of alpha you dropped. I was taking notes. We really appreciate it. And everybody out there, stay tuned. Next week, we're going to bring in another NFT thought leader who's going to pop in with some more alpha. In the meantime, get collecting, start learning, and keep growing. We're NFT Heat. A huge thank you to two of the creative engines behind this show. First, to LaFlex for the super smooth intro and outro music. What you're hearing is the song Love to You off his 2019 album Flex Appeal. And lastly, a big thank you to Bernardo Rodriguez for the awesome logo for the show. You can check him out on Instagram at Art of Bernardo. Everyone, we just want to give you a massive thank you for listening to NFT Heat. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at NFT Heat. And we're looking forward to seeing you next week. Next week.